0: (laughs) For your salvation and entertainment,
1: this is Doc Strange and the Dude. Hello there, dear listener, and welcome once again to the podcast that is Doc Strange and the Dude. I'm Doc Strange. And I'm the Dude. He is. He is the Dude. And we have reached a very, very important point in our lives dear listener especially if you're a UK resident uh, you're a resident of of England Um, we have reached this point now where we're out of the EU we are no longer part of the EU but yet the rules of the EU have had to have been followed until the end of this month and the date today is the 6th of December 2020 and in just a few short weeks Not only will we be out of the EU but we will no longer be expected uh, to continue with uh, the laws and the regulations of the EU and that puts us in a very interesting and not exactly beneficial position. So dude, what have you got to say about this no deal? Well.
0: What haven't we already said, dude? And this is probably the point of this episode, that we've spent the last four years warning people that the worst possible outcome would be no deal. It looks like no deal is what we're going to get. There's still last-minute talks going on and there's witterings about maybe something that might be agreed. Fish. But it's going to be very, very thin and nowhere near what we had. No there's some particularly terrifying reports coming out in the haulage industry that drivers themselves have taken the decision because 99% of our imports and exports that come in on lorries those lorries are driven by international drivers not UK drivers those drivers themselves are saying they just won't come to the UK and it's not worth it for them no but the problem for us is, you know, around about thirty percent of our food supply comes from the EU. Maybe a little bit more. If,
1: if you don't know why these um, drivers don't want to come into the UK, um, is because of all the extra paperwork um, and the delays. And the delays, but it's not just it's not just a little bit of paperwork. It's a humongous amount of paperwork, depending on what they're bringing in. And most lorries don't just bring in one item. Uh, let's just suppose that there's four thousand extra pieces of paperwork for one particular product then there's going to be the same amount for another product and another and another and before you know it there's too much paperwork and then trying to get into the country there's the tailbacks because there's all the the extra file up. Uh, Uh, forms and everything that needs to be filled in and the extra regulations and you're talking about also for instance in France if you are a um, let's say you're a German driver and you come over into the UK and it's taking you a couple of days or you know let's be positive let's say it's only taken 10 hours so let's just say you got to Calais at eight o'clock in the morning which is late for most um, truck drivers but let's just say it's eight o'clock you'd be lucky to leave that port by 6pm. And then you've got to uh, travel the ferry over into the UK and then you have to do all the paperwork all over again. I don't know how that works, but let's just say it's 10 hours plus the, 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 the amount of time it takes across the channel. And let's just say they're free then to go off and drive. It's already... Like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. They're not going anywhere. So they have to park up. They have to get a good night's sleep. You can only drive so long before you have to stop by law. So let's say they have to set off the next morning. Now most drivers, they try to get their 8 hours sleep in. They have to set off. Let's say they get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. And they go off and they do their driving around the UK. Dropping off whatever whatever they've got. Coming back to Dover and then getting over to France, they're going to find themselves in a big tailback. There's going to be lots of other lorries ahead of them and they're going to have to queue. And these queues could be a day, two days, who knows? But let's say it's a Friday and it's a Friday and... In Dover, maybe they're working 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Not so in France. They finish at 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock, whatever time, on a Friday. And they don't start again until Monday morning. Which means that driver, the European driver, has now got to sit in traffic or sit at Dover all weekend before he can get back into Europe. Why would he want to do that when he can drive to any other country, land-based, within the EU, with none of this, no waiting around, no tailbacks, no extra paperwork, in and out? Why on earth would they want to come to the UK? Well, the context
0: as well for what you're saying is that drivers are paid by the mile. So all that time that they're actually sitting doing nothing or waiting for that paperwork to be processed, they're not earning any money. They're paid by the mile. So that's why any delay will impact on how attractive it is to work in this country and to, and to bring stuff to this country. And for anyone that... that Are you telling to, me European drivers don't want to work for nothing? Exactly, yeah. They're not They're not just doing it for the love of the road. Um And for anyone that says, you know, this is Project Fear, you know, we know this is the case because there are countries that are on the edges of the EU and this is the process and the timescales that you face if you're crossing those borders when you're a third country. And these are in places where those systems are long established and the people there are trained to do that paperwork. We have no one to do that. We're importing people from other countries to come and do that work because we haven't had to do it for over 30 years. No one's trained to do it and no one even knows what our forms are now gonna look like because the government's not bringing them out because they're trying to
1: do this last minute negotiation bluff. So it is a real, real threat. In 1992, I had the pleasure of driving around Europe um, with a girl that I met um, in Oxford at a youth hostel and I was traveling at the time I'd just come back from Santorini and um, I was in Oxford and uh, she'd put a a notice on the notice board saying a traveling companion needed I'm going to drive around Europe and I want somebody to second me be my co-pilot and I I replied and I said yeah well you know let's go out and have a drink and see if we get on and we did and uh, Michelle and I got on very, very well. Um, she was, put it this way, she wasn't a girly girl. She was more of a man than I'd ever be, but in a in a, in a girly way. And, um, and so we there was nothing going on with us, but we travelled together and we looked after each other. Until I got so much on her nerves that, you know, she abandoned me. <laughs> uh, but that 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 is that's another story. But it, it it took some time. I remember vividly the the day that we decided we were going to drive into what was then Czechoslovakia, mm-hmm. and Czechoslovakia was not in the EU as as far as I can remember. But I do remember um, the EU flag being flown. On the German side of, of the Czechoslovakian border, and the reason that we really wanted to go over there was because we were skint, and we were told that uh, our money would go a lot further if we were in Czechoslovakia because they were they, they were pretty poor, right? And uh, so we went over there, and I think we spent a full day at the border crossing, having paperwork checked having our vehicles checked. They went through everything with a fine tooth comb just to make sure that we weren't smuggling, just to make sure that we were who we were. The fact that I was from England made no, in, no difference. Uh, I say th- I think she was from New Zealand. I'm, I'm struggling to remember, but um, you know, they had to check out who she was and it wasn't just a matter of looking at the passport and going, Oh yeah, this is Michelle. Oh yeah, this is Chris. It, it was, they, they had to make an, an effort. Now, okay, we live in, in times where there's, you know, the internet and people can look things up, but it, that, that wasn't around at the time, so they had to make phone calls or whatever it was they were doing. And don't forget, um, at the time, I think, I could be wrong, it was communist a, a communist country as well. I, I might be wrong on that. But, you know, we were held basically at gunpoint They were friendly enough, but they were armed and we had to do as we were told. That was before they joined the EU and before they split. So, you know, Czechoslovakia became Slovakia um, and uh, what they (laughs) forgot what the other one is. Um, But you don't need that. When, When you're traveling from Germany into the Netherlands or into Belgium or into France, you just wave. Hello. How you doing? All right. Come in. No problem. Yeah, no more. Who who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that simplicity of travel? Uh, I don't want to cut you off, but
0: we're, we're, we've already headed off kind of where we normally head uh, with the podcast, and we'd had a little chat before saying that we thought we were maybe going to talk about a diff- taking a different direction with what we do.
1: We are doing. We're, we're, we're going to go positive. So everything that we've talked about over the last 31 podcasts – you know, could be construed as negative. Uh, I mean, it's factual, you know, but not exactly what we do. I mean, the thing is, dear listener, you probably don't know this, um, but uh, the dude and I are actually quite funny. <laughs> allegedly, yeah. Yeah, allegedly. We we spend our whole all all life making people laugh. In fact, there's not a day goes by when I don't attempt to make somebody smile or laugh. But you wouldn't think so listening to our podcast in fact you'd think we were a right pair of miserable old curmudgeons um, because all we've been doing is pointing out well the bleeding obvious yeah and we've made a pact that this is going to be the last podcast where we are doing that we're going to try our best to be funnier and to bring joy and laughter because we're going to need it Aren't we, dude?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's time to, you know, accept the battles that you've lost, uh, but, you know, not be ashamed of the efforts of that you've made. Um, and now we need to start actually looking after ourselves a little bit. And the point of that first discussion is, you know, there is shit coming and we need to be ready. But yeah. if we're not careful, it will break us. And this last week yeah. has, you know nearly broken me to be honest how's that dude well on pretty much every scale i mean this week i've i've kind of had you know emotional i would say emotional mental financial and physical breakdown that i've gone through um and just to kind of tell you what i mean by that is you know at the start of the week kind of well after we'd done our last podcast and We'd been to, you know, some political meetings and been a bit disillusioned there. I kind of was spiritually losing the will to live in terms of the political fights that we're fighting and decided I needed to do something different and and back, you know, back down a little bit. Um, On Friday, uh, while I was, I woke up um, and saw what would, a lot of people might have thought was a ghost, but essentially like a shadowy figure over me and I you know, ignored it, went to the loo, thought oh, I must have eaten something dodgy before I went to bed and then woke up a bit later with the same sort of figure, but feeling like it was pressing against my chest and uh like there was a real presence there. And I was like, what is going on? I'm why am I hallucinating? I checked my house for carbon monoxide poisoning, you know, I was like, that was so vivid, that's not normal and going, Okay, well I must be stressed. And then last night um I was just quietly watching TV for a couple of hours with my wife. I went upstairs to go to the loo and all of a sudden I had a shortness of breath. Um I went dizzy. And the next thing I knew, my wife was standing over me waking me up because I'd passed out and collapsed on the bathroom floor. Um I'm all right. It was a, you know, a one off and I'll be checking in with my GP tomorrow just to make sure there's nothing more serious.
1: But can I just ask you a question? Of course. Very seriously. Was was this a furious wanking incident? <laughs> no, as I said, I had one
0: hand on the wall steadying myself. So, you know, that shouldn't have been a problem. Okay. Um, But yeah, I, I kind of woke up. I'd only been out but for... But you're a, all right now. Yeah, I'd only been out for a couple of seconds. You know, my wife heard the crash and immediately came running upstairs. I felt, I'd, I genuinely, I didn't know how long I'd been out for. I, I felt like I'd been out for hours. Like I was disorientated. I didn't know where I was. Um, but I've spent a day resting up, you know, and I feel literally like my normal self. If and I have to, I have to say, I don't know how I landed, but my back's felt a little bit better today. <laughs> uh, weirdly, I think I must have naturally, you know, something must have just realigned a little bit. I feel a little bit better. in, in That's that. probably the the closest you've had to exercise in a long time. Well, closest I've had to treatment for a while, certainly. Um, but, but no, obviously, yeah, I'll be doing a full checkup tomorrow once the GP's about, just to make up, make sure I'm all right. So don't worry. But I do think it's a culmination of the stress build-up that I've had for the last four years. You know, my life has absolutely changed since the referendum. You know, I went from being a shop manager through a shitload of, you know, really unsuitable jobs that physically broke me, and... Uh, and the stress of it all, you know, ramping my tinnitus up through the roof, and and you know, putting me to where I am now. So, it has had an, you know, I, I've got to recognise the detriment it's had on my health over the last four years, and what's coming is going to be hard. So I need to be prepared, and I don't think us discussing it like we've been doing is going to be healthy for me. And I, and looking at we No Deal ahead, it doesn't look like what I'm saying is changing people's minds either. So. I need to start doing something a little different.
1: I think everything that we've done has had a glimmer of hope to it. That, you know, even though things are going bad, yeah, there's a chance that somehow, some way, we're going to get pulled out of it. And I think we've reached a point now where there is no hope. That hope has gone. You can forget that. Because whatever we thought would save us, isn't happening yeah and so where we are now is the worst possible scenario which is leaving uh, a club that we were members of very high standing with who had not only um control and a a massive say so in what what went on there and, and a and a, and a vote that you know, we could vote along with all the other members. And yes, we paid membership, but we also gained through being members. We've basically and we had power. Got rid of all of that. Yeah, we had power. We've got rid of all of that, and we've spent more leaving the EU than we ever did as members for our membership. Mm-hmm. That that's been surpassed. So, you know, what we paid to be a member for the benefits, we've wasted, and I say we, I'm talking about the Tory government, have wasted to leave the EU. And there is absolutely no visible benefit nothing to, to leaving for, for us. Yeah, nothing. Nothing, nothing for us. Um, it is, of course, a great big tax fiddle. I've said it from the beginning thanks to the Panama Papers and the, the Paradise Papers and everything that was in there, whether it was David Cameron's dad leaving him a fortune and offshore um, offshore accounts mm-hmm. to everything else that's going on, the web of deceit and of corruption is unbelievable, but it's documented. It's it's there, and nobody nobody bothers to look. Nobody... Is doing anything about it. The, the security services, yeah. the police, they have got their hands tied, and there is nothing they can do while this criminal cabal is doing what it's doing, which is raping the United Kingdom. You know, you look at Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce has been has been sold off to a, an Indian company, uh, and and the Indian company is owned by the father of Rishi Sunak's wife. Yeah. That's, what the fuck? I know,
0: (laughs) it's beyond satire. And this is the thing, you know, when people say, oh, satirists and comedians, you must love Brexit and COVID and, you know, Trump and
1: these sort of things. There's nothing funny about this. Nothing funny at all. They
0: parody themselves before you even have a chance. And it's so ridiculous that you can't believe anybody would believe it so how can i come up with something more unbelievable than what they are actually saying and doing it's it's an impossible task which is why you know it's been hard to make this funny
1: yeah because they well the the thing is uh they play both sides Uh, so whatever the narrative is they'll they'll say one thing but they'll also say the absolute opposite as well and then when you look back at it, they'll choose to point you to where they were right. Yeah. Like a like a bad fortune teller will say, oh, yeah, you know, Arsenal v, v Manchester. I don't know anything about football, by the way, at all. But, yeah, Arsenal v Manchester. Arsenal's going to win. But then they'll also say, but Manchester's going to win. Yeah. And then when, when they look back, they'll say, well, I see I told you that Manchester's going to win. Yeah, but you said Arsenal's oh, so going. Yeah, but I said Manchester's going to win as well. So you know. Yeah. And it's that kind of mentality. Well, they're saying both things. They're saying everything, so they're covering all the bases, so that when when you look back, you go, "Well, yeah, they oh they did say that," but they also said everything else as well. Well, in the case of you know
0: satirizing them, you know we've been saying for a long time that these people are fascists, and so your natural instinct would be you'd per- portray them as like nazis for example and then mm. you look at their manifesto and it's the same as the national front from the 1970s yeah. end immigration 70s, make yeah. britain great again leave the uh, common market it's all policies of the national front in the 1970s that's the government yeah. we and have today. And if you today. don't
1: believe us, look it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the government we have today. So I go, I can't satirise it because that's there is no joke. That's what they are.
1: I never liked Margaret Thatcher. Uh, and I'm sure that if I was around at the time, I, I might have liked Winston Churchill a little bit if I didn't know any better. But the fact is, uh, they would be turning in their graves if they knew what was going on now. The fact is, not only did our grandparents and great-grandparents fight fascism, but it's been welcomed with open arms as the norm. And we have got, we've got a
0: fascist government. I watched a lecture um, the other day on Brexit and the end of empire and how it's the myth of our empire history that's given us this sort of self-assured notion that's got us into this position because we don't know our own history. We don't know that the empire was essentially built because we were the world's biggest drug dealer. We wanted to sell opium out to yeah. China. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's always about somebody making some dirty money somewhere and dressing it up in a yeah. Union Jack and, and cheering on our boys as you send them to, to war and death to back up these profits. Well, nowadays we don't send people necessarily straight to war. We've got too many people here. It's old people, too many old people. So what do we do? Well, we create the economic situations where the poor and the old can't survive. COVID's an extra cherry mm-hmm. on the cake for them, in terms of that agenda, because you have yeah. to you have to look at it and go, are they actually act, acting in our best interests?
1: And 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 I'm not straying onto the anti-mask stuff, but no, no, no. I've got to stop you because. The thing is, you say this to most. I say normal people. I don't. I don't think there's such a thing as normal. But if you tell the normal person in the street that the government is trying to kill off old people, they're going to think you're off. You're not. They're going to think you're you're talking some weird fantasy stories. Mm-hmm. You know that you're some weirdo. Like who would want to kill off my nan? Why? What's my my, my grandma, you know, she worked in the, in the Fuse in Blackburn and, and she helped build uh, bombs and munitions. You know, it was a munitions factory. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was her and all the other grandmas and great-grandmas that were making the weapons and, and also the, uh, the vehicles that we needed to, to fight the Nazis and to fight in the war. Why would anybody want them dead after all they've done for us? Would you like me to answer that as a Tory MP? Yeah, Uh, an an honest Tory MP.
0: Because we have your vote for the last general election, we suspect you won't be alive for the next one. The time in between then and the next general election, all you are are a drain on the state because old people are the biggest proportion of the welfare bill. If I want to reopen... excuse see, the thing it, is, uh, Excuse me, let, me, on, let me finish. I'm a Tory, let me finish. OK, yeah. Um, also, we have COVID. The quicker the old people die, the quicker we
1: can open the shops and make some money again. But people think that sounds cynical. They think, oh, nobody would really do that, would they? And the, the answer is yes. If they wouldn't do it, would they not have bought the PPE
0: from the most qualified and and like people available in our own country after dr- banging the, you know, Britain first drum for trade and instead giving contracts to their friends and donors to be middlemen to then buy the same PPE at inflated costs.
1: Not, not, from the, a, s- co- not the same, even the sh- like shit PPE yeah. that doesn't even work.
0: But buying them again at inflated prices from companies elsewhere in the world that are then not fit for purpose, as you say, so you know that's not the actions of someone who has concern and wants the job done efficiently.
1: Doesn't matter as long as we're making money, though, does it? You know, as long as we're yeah. cashing in on it. As long as my friend, like the uh, the the, the ex landlord that I was pals with, you know, when we when I used to live on his doorstep, giving him the the, the contract and. He's got a company making um, plastic utensils for catering. Right. Oh, let's give him the job to make all these uh, plastic vials and test tubes. And and it turns out that he's had to go through all these regulations and everything when there's already companies making that stuff. It's, it's, it's worse than that. It's, it's companies that have no experience in the
0: area. So you go, I'm buying ma- this company that we're going to get masks from is a sweet shop but I know them, and then we'll give them literally the number of the company to phone and say, can we buy masks off you, and use them as the middleman for the contract. It's as blatant as that.
1: I can't say the name, but there is a company, and I'm not saying the name, but they are a company that deals in the control of pests, and they do say that they will fix your problem. Now then. Yeah, they, they have had uh, huge amounts of money thrown at them when they've had no... Um, experience whatsoever and they they had uh, well they were basically in debt Mm -hmm. and then they were given these um, these contracts up to 350 million pounds so far yeah and they're using that money to threaten people with lawyers that mention anything to do with this cronyism yeah and they're threatening people that rather than actually do the job and apparently they've not done the job very well the money that they've got, they're using to have a go. There's also a, a chap who has taken huge amounts of money um, and then gone just buying houses, just buying houses for himself and his mum and dad. And yeah, but hang on, you you were in debt up to your eyeballs, and why have you got this contract? Yeah, it and it turns out they they're all friends of Tories. They're all mates. They're all donors. They're all, you know, pals. And that's not how it should work. No. If, if you need if you need something, you go to an expert. You go to somebody that does that. If you need a children's entertainer, you go to Krispy T. If you need a stage hypnotist, you go to Chris Doc Strange. If you want mash you go to the dude. Mm. You don't ask your friend who's never done that before. Have you done kids' parties before? No, but... Uh, I have seen kids. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's five grand. Uh, go and entertain this bunch of kids for a fifth birthday. Oh, well, for five grand, they'll do anything. And it'll be shit. But they've been paid because it's a friend of theirs. Who does that? Nobody in their right mind would do that. No. You'd want somebody that can do the job, not just because they're a friend of yours. So we are where we are now because... Look, all these politicians, the Tories, they're just just people who are blagging it. They've got no idea what they're doing. They've blagged it, they've blagged the job, and now they're like, oh, shit, well, I don't know how to do that. And rather than ask somebody who's actually qualified, they're just going, do you you know anybody? Oh, I know this fella down the pub. Well, go on, go on, ask him if he can help. So, moving on from
0: that blagging it point that you're making... um Again, I'm just bringing it back round to how we're going to do things differently and how we're going to look after ourselves. You have to start asking, how can I do things differently? Um, So the thing I'm doing is I'm looking at how you run to be a counsellor and I'll see if that's a thing that I can do. I'm not sure another middle-aged white guy like me is what's needed, but if it is and there's a space, I'm I'm happy to look at doing that because as I've said many times, be the change you wanna be. And I would encourage anybody else out there that listens to this, chances are if you've tuned into us, then, you know, you're at least curious enough to try and find some perspective as to what's going on. And you might bring a different view yourself to a situation that can be helpful. Or at least a little bit of competency and certainly a little bit of integrity to what we have now. So go and have
1: a look. See if that's your thing. Hang on, if you know somebody that you think do you know what, this guy or lady or whoever, she, him, the, her, their, whatever, this person's really passionate. Mm-hmm. This person has got their finger on the pulse of the nation. This person cares for other people. Have a word with them and say, do you know what, I think you'd make a really great counsellor. Yeah, that's a really good because thing. just Because yeah, just like when you watch um, Britain's Got Talent or X Factor, and somebody's singing, and they'll say, so, um, why do you want to be a singer? So, well, do you know what? I, I've sung all my life, and um, and people have said I'm a really good singer, and I, I never even realised it. And people keep saying you want to be on, on this show, and, and I just, I never even thought of myself as any good. Mm-hmm. And then they open their mouth, and oh my God, they've got the voice of an angel. And they didn't even know it. You might know somebody who is perfect, and think, I'd rather have this person in charge of the country than the Muppets that are in charge of it now. I'm going to big them up. I'm going to tell them how great they are. And you never know. All you've got to do is make people feel good. And they don't have to have the confidence to run for Parliament.
0: Like I no. say, there's load, next no. next year there are loads of local council elections coming up for
1: grabs. And thousands, and, thousands. And
0: as well as those, there are the, the all the metro uh, council elections as well. There is loads of police commissioning, and you know all that sort of regulatory. Loads of different regulatory bodies that are that are elected positions, and that that political parties need people to be there and to stand for them, because otherwise they'll just go to the Tories because they'll put someone up. So we need
1: yeah. people from other political persuasions, whatever you know it is, to get in there. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether you're whether you vote Labour or Green Party or. SMP Libs, or whatever, whatever. Yeah. you go for who you believe in and you stand for them and you say, do you know what, I'm willing to do something for my community because this is how we get change. We get change on a, on a macro level, doing it for the, for the people that you live with, doing it for your community, standing up for people and saying what needs to be said and and, and, and making sure that they have a voice. That's what you need to do. And, and you don't think about the bigger picture, you just do it small. And if everybody's doing it, it's going to work out for us. With the 3.5% movement that we've, you know, really started
0: to try and get involved with, um, a theme that we pushed was, you know, get involved with issues like climate change. Um, you know, pick, your, pick the other issues as well and support those and be active. That's still going to count because, you know, the... Vaccines come in, you know, lockdown will relax eventually and we will be able to get back out to the street. So be ready still to do that. But in the meantime, like I say, find your space, find where you can make your difference, find where you can speak your truth and find something to do that doesn't drive you absolutely up the wall and physically breaks you. You've got to this is the long haul now. We've got a long, long road to rejoin that we're going to have to, you know, tread. And in the meantime, we've got to make sure that society doesn't fall apart. If you, you know, It might be get involved with a local food bank and stuff because, again, the Tories aren't coming to rescue anybody. So those frontline no. emergency services are going to need your support. If you can't physically go out and do it,
1: give them some money. The Tories are rushing to the food banks for the photo opportunities to go, hey, aren't I great? I'm supporting a food bank. We shouldn't have food banks, but the fact that we have... You don't want to see Tory faces down there using it as a photo opportunity. You want to be down there helping people. No politician has a place in
0: a food bank unless they are red-faced and going, what is this fucking doing in existence? I'm going to make sure, from this point on, to make sure that you guys are, are, are out of business for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Rather than, I'm going to make food banks illegal. That's not what I mean. What I mean is repair society fix the social contract so that people can start believing in themselves in the country
1: again there's nobody working or helping out or volunteering in a food bank who thinks my life is complete now that i'm helping people no they would rather that there wasn't a food bank you know i'd i'd rather I, i'm i'm not a fisherman but i'd rather be sat uh, on the side of a river fishing for trout than helping out in a food bank yeah because people are starving You know, I'd rather that if we live in the kind of world where we're not in the EU and that we are struggling and we're not, that at least people are fed and at least we don't need those things and we can just put our feet up and say, oh, well, we're having a three-day week, are we? Well, that's fine because I can afford to live. Not, we're having a three-day week. What am I going to do for the next four days? I haven't got any food in my belly. And what about my kids? They're starving. Yeah. Because... Where we are now, we are on the precipice of a really, really fucking horrible time. And if you think 2020's been bad, then fuck me, 2021 is going to be a real shit show. I mean,
0: obviously, we we've, we focus on a lot of issues that come to our mind because they're going to affect us. But as a, for example, as a singer, I'm thinking, well, what happens to the next the, the generation of kids that start a band and do you know what I mean? and find their musical and creative souls through performance because at the minute they can't do that and even when lockdowns are over venues will have shut down and gone out of business because they've not been supported and all those spaces to develop that creative talent will be gone but also the support services will also be gone because they'll be cut the arts will be just cut off because you know we've got to keep up that military spending now that we've cut ourselves off and become an island again. When I say we've got to take care of ourselves again, you've got to... Take care of each other. Outside of your demographic as well. And so if you see a group of kids, you know, out on the street, like, kicking some bottles down the thing, don't be calling the police or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Think, what can I do in this area to actually give some provision? You know, do we need to start youth club availability and things like that for people again is there another way to do that sort of stuff i saw some developments about you know ideas of developments for city centers and saying "Oh, we should make that we'll be able to make a more green open spaces and i was straight away going yeah put bandstands back because people will need to start embracing sound and music again because we've been living in silence for a year we've been living in isolation for a year we need to start learning how to interact again and and as they say,
1: music be the food of love. Play on. Do you know what? I I actually remember the bandstand in Queen's Park, um, in Blackburn, and it was one of those things where it, 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 a lot of the time there was nothing going on, and we used to play in it. And you know they they put signs up, you know, saying you know don't don't play in it. But it was, if it was pissing down, you know, that's where you'd find us all sat in there. And I'm talking when I was like eight or nine. You know, we we yeah. were out and about doing stuff. We were. We were out playing, you know. Make make sure you're on for, for tea time or before it's dark, you know. And we had no mobile phones or anything. That, you know, we'd have two pence in our pocket so we could make a phone call in the post box. Uh, post box. Phone box if we had to. But the, the bandstand, we used to actually have bands. I mean, it, it might have been um, Salvation Army who. Sorry, I've got to do this. <laughs> Salvation Army who were. Uh, who do their uh if if you don't know why i'm spitting about the salvation i mean you need to look them up they're uh yeah they're not the happy bunch i thought they were once but anyway um yeah so they'd be doing all their uh on uh, what well, was it onward christian soldiers and, and doing all the religious stuff uh-huh. but then every now and again you know you'd have somebody playing in there like that's that's a brilliant idea you know having outdoor spaces i mean look the, the vaccine they say the vaccine's coming Most people aren't going to get it until the summertime. Uh, It's great that it's out. It's been pushed through a little bit because it is an emergency. Let's hope it works. It's not going to be 100% effective. It might only be 40% effective, but anything's better than nothing, right? Well, it's still not going to get around the whole population. I mean, it turns out Iceland's going to be storing it. Um, it, It's coming from Germany, uh, thanks to Pfizer. And uh, Iceland, also a, a Tory company coincidentally you know they've uh, stepped up to the plate and they're going to be storing it well you know thanks Iceland that's great uh, but this this vaccine has to be stored below 70 degrees um, so minus 70 degrees Fahrenheit or centigrade I was never very good at math um, but it's mad that you're going to have to have a, like a supermarket storing the thing that we need to save the population Once that's done, it would be nice to think that, or at least during the time they're doing it, that we could have some kind of a space where people can go to, to get some entertainment. Because you can't go in buildings, and and I have seen signs and and, and, uh, um, advertising for, you know, like parties in the park, you know. But it's still the whole social distancing thing and it's the whole masks and everything else, you know, it's getting that across to the people seems to be really difficult.
0: Um, in terms of venues, um, I was going to say car parks are actually pretty good because they're gridded out already for social distancing. Yeah. So partying a Ideal car park... Ideal for boot sales as well. Yeah, party in a car park, I think we should start seeing a lot more of them. Um, in terms of what you were saying about the refrigeration, of course, how this is reminds me of we've had such a constant torrent of new shit every day going wrong. We forget so much stuff that's happened in recent times because this time last year, we were in a mass discussion of what happens in the event of no deal for refrigeration of
1: medicines. Yeah, well, not and food as well. But before COVID hit...
0: Yeah, We were having discussions saying we haven't got enough refrigeration space in this country to maintain supplies of essential medicines. And now we've got to put all of these vaccines in as well, which means what's being yeah. cut? Is it people's insulin? Is it people's cancer treatments? Mm. Is it what's yeah. being lost and sacrificed for the space of the COVID vaccine?
1: We need to have a word with Amazon because apparently Amazon owns more refrigerated units and freezer units than anybody else in the world. But I haven't heard anybody say,
0: in re- in respect of that original problem, we solved that problem. It was just another part of Operation Yellowhammer that was kicked, you know, yeah. kick the can was kicked down the road.
1: Operation Yellowhammer being the government report on the worst things that could happen thanks to Brexit.
0: Yeah, and now they're saying that's now the likely scenario. And in it, it says food source disease, riots you know, medicine disruptions and all the rest of it. And that was drawn up before COVID.
1: And also water supply and, and power supply as well. So, yeah, we've got a very rosy time ahead of us, folks. And um, and this isn't an example of what we're going to do to beat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've lost big time. I mean, look, you know, the thing is you get uh, people who voted leave saying, you know, you lost, get over it. And yeah, we did lose. We've all lost. Uh, even, uh, I can't say his name without wanting to physically poke myself in the eye with sharp sticks and vomit all over myself. But Nigel Farage is still harping on and saying, no an- an deal's great. We need to just get out. Mm-hmm. Christ, haven't you done enough damage, you fucking prick? Yeah. Why is it all these levers are still they called us remoners, but why are they still complaining? You got what you wanted. They've got what they
0: wanted, but they're trying to pin the blame on us. Well, hang on, is it good then, or is it bad? Do you, why are you trying to blame us if it's so good? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Hang on, you keep saying <laughs> it's it's it, we've nothing to fear from WTO, and it's all our fault that we haven't got a soft Brexit. Well, hang on, you said it's not. You said that's the best. So what have we got to be apologising
2: for?
1: Listen, every single Brexiter or Leave voter or fucking gobshite, as I prefer to call them, uh, that's uh, questioned anything that I've said on Twitter, I've just said, OK, I really appreciate your input. Can you tell me what's the number one thing that you're looking forward to now that we're out of the EU? What... What is the number one benefit? The actual, you know, the actual thing that we're going to get. Uh-huh. What? It, and they go quiet. They don't come back to you. It's like, well, I'm only asking because I can't see it. Let Let's just say that I'm stuck in my ways and that I'm wrong about the whole Remain thing. Okay, and that everything I've thought about leaving the EU and the whole Brexit thing has been wrong, and that I'm completely wrong and I'm deluded and actually. The EU is a terrible, terrible thing and that we're better off out, okay? And let's accept that. Um, Okay, so I don't know why that is. Could anyone, anybody that's voted Leave, anybody that thinks it's still a great idea, could you please win me over and tell me what it is I need to know to understand why leaving is so great? As a Remain voter,
0: I can give you a Brexit benefit And I bet a lever wouldn't agree with me. Here's the benefit of Brexit I can see is that from January the 1st, it will be more difficult for the UK government to deport asylum seekers back to the EU because we will have lost access to the treaties that allow us to send them back to the country of origin within the EU. Yeah. So that's the bet. We will be a safer refuge for asylum seekers after Brexit. That is my Brexit benefit. Do you agree? Hmm. I bet I get no's. Mm. I bet I get denials that that's the case. Yeah, or denials. They they like denial. Instead, I'll get something about sovereignty or not having to follow the EU's rules anymore. Some rubbish they don't understand.
1: I wonder if they'll mention the Magna Carta. Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, look, dude, that was a a good thing. Maybe we should wrap up there. (laughs) Listen, we're going to make a promise now. That uh, that this is our last negative um, podcast. We've said what we've said. We've done our best. Nobody's listened to. Well, some people have listened to us. You you might have listened to us, dear listener. But you know the the people whose minds need changing um, are, are still unchanged. Uh, and you know we've done our best for prosperity. Now, one thing I've done or that I am doing is uh, adding this podcast to archive.org so if you go to uh, the wave the, sorry, the um, org, you can see websites as they were um, over the years since the internet started kind of thing uh, but also I, I, I've learned that I can upload our podcasts to the archive I tried doing it all at once and they thought I was a spammer so I have to do them individually one by one Um, so that they they, they know I'm not taking the mickey. And the idea is is that we will be archived because for Prosperity, I want what we've said to be there in 100 years' time for people to listen to. Now, if you are listening to us... Thank you. (laughs) I mean, the, the date is the 6th of December 2020... If you're listening to us, yeah, thank you. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whenever you are, thank you very much. We appreciate it, and we are going to do some funnier stuff. But if you are in the future now, obviously you're not going to be able to answer us unless, of course, time travel's been invented. Then you know, come back and please. That be save out of a us, podcast. Please, um, ju- yeah, just just know that not everybody was intent on fucking up the planet. Yeah, you know that. It's all been about greed. It's all been about rich people trying to stay rich. It's all been about me, 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 rather than thinking of other uh, people. And, you know, so whatever history is written, just remember that Donald Trump was a cunt, Boris Johnson is a cunt, and the rest of them, they're, they're all just playing along for their own benefit. And the rest of the people... Or trying to just get by, and 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 be reasonably good people, bringing up the families, doing the jobs, getting along. Maybe you know, going out and having a bit of fun, going on holiday. We're not about just fucking yeah. up other people's lives, like you know, people in war torn countries who need to come to the UK because they're desperate. And by the way, if you are listening in 100 years' time, the UK used to stand for the United Kingdom, which was Scotland, England, Ireland and Wales. That probably doesn't exist anymore, but it was a thing, and for a while it was really nice. So if you are listening to us in the future, we send our love, we send our thoughts to you, and we hope that you've sorted out the the whole thing with the... Uh, the environment, uh, you know, and, and the burning pits of hell and hopefully everything's fine because we do want you guys to be okay. We do want the future to exist and we do want it to be a happy place. I, I'm a science fiction fan, you know. I've yeah. always lived in the future um, and I don't want to think that this time now is going to ruin it, you know.
0: Well, I think how we studied at school, uh, World War Two. And we said, how did good people allow the Nazis to rise? I think, you know, I hope that what we've done is at least a little bit of testimony as to answering the question of how did good people let Brexit happen? We didn't go quietly into the night. We tried. We banged the drum. We we shouted the shout. And we tried to
1: fight the fight. But, you know... The Tories were in charge. This feels like uh, the last message sent from a ship as it goes down. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone! <laughs> Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs> Fuck me, I'm, I'm drowning. <laughs> the, the waters, the waters, so salty. <laughs> I think, it, I think it's salt. I'm on a ship full of seamen, so you know. Um, but from now on, we promise we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do funny stuff, all right. We're not gonna uh, we're not gonna do all this uh, navel gazing. Um, we're just gonna be stupid and take the piss from now on. So you will still get a mashup or two in a song. Yeah, mashup. Yeah, but also, you know, I'm I'm gonna write more stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just gonna have a laugh. We're just gonna have a laugh and enjoy yeah. it. And th- th- there's nothing we can do. I would rather be laughing. As my as my body was burnt in a vat of acid, than than crying, uh, I don't know if that makes any sense. But you know, th- there's no point if if it's if it's the end, it's the end. I'm just gonna say, you know. Uh,
0: well, maybe when I when I plan your Batman villain death, I'll make sure I dip you in upside down, then, so I can tickle your balls on the way down. <laughs> what the hell kind of metaphor like was
1: that? <laughs> I like the sound. Of, I like the sound of that, but not my head. Not my head in acid, in in, in attic, but somebody tickling me bollocks. I mean, that's. I've been married since two thousand eight. That's a long time to not have your bollocks tickled. So, but look, the thing is, we we've tried, we failed, and I think from now on we're just going to be silly because it's going to be a shit show, and if yeah. we can't laugh about it it's going to drive us insane. And we have to take a leaf out of the book of police, fire service, nurses, you know, a- A&E uh, people. Like, they- they're dealing with horrible, horrible, horrible things every single day. Yeah, uh, And the only way that they can deal with it is by having a laugh. And it's the only thing, black humour is the only thing that will keep you going. And trust me, dear listener... Things are going to get bad. God, I hope I'm wrong. Fuck me. I hope hope there's a big U-turn and it's all... And everybody goes, oh, do you know what? It turns out we're going to ruin the country. Let's stay in the EU, right? Or let's rejoin or whatever. But if you think you're sick of Brexit now, you've got no idea. It's going to get... You're going to be so sick of it. Well, the only way that we can deal with this now is by having a laugh. And if we need to start taking the piss out of each other again and having a laugh... And, and just just enjoying what positives we can get out of it. There's going to be few, but we have to enjoy them. So, anyway, dear listener, you can find me on Twitter at ChrisDocStrange. You can find uh, the dude at Holy Mole. And you can find us both on ko-fi.com, ko-fi.com, uh, uh, ChrisDocStrange or Holy Mole. Uh, I'll put the links in the description. You know, send us a fiver, buy us a drink, you know, send me 50p, I don't care. We haven't made any money for months, we're bloody skin. Uh I'm going to have to start selling me ass. On that note, I just, I got my very
0: first pa- uh, patron uh, this week. So, Woo-hoo! big shout
1: out to Jen. Hello Jen, thanks very much for joining. Nice one Jen, well done you. You see, you are supporting the arts, Jen. And, and that's the thing, um, we're not asking for much three quid a month yep. oh my god it's nothing and uh, and you, you get to stop us from starving uh, we give you a mention of course we will and uh, we'll we'll even t- we'll be your bitches you know you, you tell us what you want us to talk about and we'll sell our souls just for you I give my <laughs> patrons a, a, a serenade every Monday that's exclusive to them
0: that's the you know you, you pay to get the access to that and you also get access to other little thoughts plans, scripts things that i'm up to as well uh, either ahead of time or
1: exclusively anyway thanks for listening dear listener uh, look after yourself be kind to yourself and others i'm going to read for you uh, marcus aurelius love the art thou hast learned and rest therein and complete thy pilgrimage through life as one who has wholeheartedly entrusted all things to heaven one who would not be a tyrant over his fellow man and will not be a slave. And with that, I wish you good night. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and uh, have a very Merry Christmas 2020. Bye for now. Bye for now.
0: Stop
2: me, stop me, oh, stop me. Stop me if you think that you've heard this one before. Stop me, oh, stop me. Stop me if you think that you've heard this one before I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind There was something so pleasant about that place Even your emotions had an echo in so much space When you're out there without a care, yeah, I was out of touch Still too much Stop me. Stop me if you think that you heard this one and fall. Sometimes it feels like somebody's watching me. I don't have no privacy. 10 fly plus one jam, let the to the boy from the Big Bad City. This is jam, huh? This is jam, huh? Set me free, why don't you babe? you don't.
0: In a world gone mad, you can tweet at Chris Doc Strange or at Holy Mole. Doc Strange and the Dude is a Strange Mole production.